Good evening, ladies and gentlemen and jerks. It is another Monday, August 20th, 2012. It's actually the only Monday, August 20th, 2012 that we're ever going to get. So I hope you've made the most of it. And uh, anyway, it's time for the Jick and Skullhead show. We're going to do uh, roughly, I feel, roughly 10 dozen minutes. And I'm wondering why my audio is so low. Hang on a sec, will you? Why, I don't know why the microphone is so quiet. Perhaps I should turn it up. That doesn't seem to be helping either. Hmm. You know what I like? It's a good mystery to start out a show. It makes me feel so very in control of the things that I'm supposed to be in control of. Eh. You. You. Be louder. Be much louder. There we go. That's what I like to see. Alright, sorry about that. My microphone just randomly decided to be very, very quiet. Although, uh, PVA just told me the levels were good, so maybe we didn't need to do all that anyway. But you know what we do need to do is we need to call Jick, and I'm going to do that right now. Mr. Skullhead. Good evening, sir. How's it going, buddy? Oh, I think... Let me take a quick inventory. Yeah, everything's going pretty well. Okay. Get Walk me through your inventory. Well, let's see. How big is my leg right now is one. Okay, so kinda, how big is your leg right now? I, I kind of flex my knee to see. Uh, so the, the leg that is prone to gigantism is doing, uh, you know, maybe only a little larger than normal. So that's good. Okay. Uh, how clear is my nose right now is another one. Okay. Pretty clear. Clear as she gets. Um, and how tired am I right now? A little bit tired, but uh, you know what? I'm jazzed by the thought of spending two hours with you, so. No. What a sweet thing for you to say. Uh, yeah, well, it's, I mean, so it seems like your your inventory is more or less about being old and how much it sucks. Yeah, so how many, uh, how many aches and pains have we got today? I've got a bum shoulder. I, I hate having a like a bum anything or a trick anything i think that's part of getting older that i've just got to deal with uh-huh it's like oh that's my trick shoulder damn it which one's your trick shoulder the right one what do you think you did to it back in 2001 2000 i think i was biking to work in la and like swerved to avoid somebody and crashed the bike and kind of stiff-armed the sidewalk with that, with that right arm. Mm-hmm. So since then, the shoulder's been a little trick. And as I get older, it's even trickier. Sometimes nice. I'll just go uh, throwing my arms in the air for no reason. I find that uh, when I hurt when I hurt myself, like I'll sleep wrong, and then my arm will hurt for like four months. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about getting older. Uh, hey, speaking of uh, speaking of your sinuses, though, I, I started uh, I started trying to do what you do. Um, I, I got myself a neti pot and I got myself some Claritin D. Sure. And I started using them on a daily basis uh, to see if it would uh, help with my my infirmities. And uh, I think it probably would have solved all of my problems like two or three years ago. But the newly developed problems are beyond beyond the ken of those solutions. I think. Uh. My doctor says I should get my tonsils taken out. And I only want to get them taken out if I can have them, like, if I can keep them and put them in, like, a reliquary. Uh-huh. 
And I have a feeling that there are biohazard laws and regulations about stuff like that that are going to make it so when I ask the guy, hey, can I have my tonsils, he'll say no. Huh. Do so, you think? Because that used to be that they would just give them to you and give you the Really? Jar. Huh. I thought with, like, soft tissue they wouldn't. I thought, like, if you had a, if you had a gallstone, they would give it to you. Hmm. But it's like, I don't know, like, what if, you, what if you had a gangrenous arm that you had to have removed? Do you think they would just hand you your arm? Hmm... I don't know. I, mean, if you I would had hope so. Both arms removed. How would they even hand it to you? Right. Be like, haha, just kidding. If you get both of your hands removed, will they just hand them to you? Mm. Um, yeah. So the neti pot is not at all as uh, as awful as I thought it would be. I, I wish that I had not been. I mean, I wouldn't say that I was scared of it, but I just I was not looking forward to dealing with getting used to it. Uh, but it turns out it's just nothing. It's rather pleasant. I find. Uh, boy, I wouldn't say that. Well, it's because that, like, when my nose was at its worst before I started taking the Nasonex every day, it was, it, like, a building up of pressure as the, like, reservoirs in the back of the nose filled because they had nowhere to go. And then finally, when it got through all the crap, just incredible relief. So, uh, yeah, it was a good feeling. It's like a little nosegasm every morning. Huh, cool. But not every morning. I never did it every day. Just when I really needed it. And I, I haven't actually used it since I heard about the woman who died of the brain-eating amoebas. Because yeah, she was using it. So, so then I had to start using distilled water, which couldn't be warm. And that made it less pleasant. Wait, so, it couldn't be warm? Well, I, I mean, distilled water can be warmed. But that's an extra step. Oh, I see. Okay, so I just use water out of the filter, and then I put it in the microwave for a bit. Yeah. That's what I do. And I assume the filter is okay. I mean, unless the filter it becomes a thing that harbors extra bacteria. Yeah, I don't yeah. care about any other vac- bacteria, just the brain-eating amoeba. I'm not a big fan of brain-eating amoebas. I mean, I think they don't have that where you live, do they? There were apparently some lakes up around in here where there's at least one case of brain getting eaten. Mm. Yeah, not, uh, not in the cities, but somewhere out. What if you got lucky and it just ate the parts of your brain that contained, like, painful memories? It just ate the parts of my brain that were holding me back. Yeah. Check it, I wrote, like, eight novels yesterday. Yeah, they all make a lot of sense, too. Turned me into John Travolta in Phenomenon. Or, uh, James Joyce in James Joyce's life. (laughs) He didn't write a lot of novels, he just wrote a lot that didn't make any damn sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I was I was all nervous about uh, you know I, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Skullhead, but I'm kind of an anxious, uh, kind of a high strung guy. Right. And I was nervous about taking uh, Sudafed for that reason. You know, just thinking that I would freak out, that I would have a bad trip. Right. Uh, but really, the most annoying thing about it has been having to wait while they fill out the goddamn form at the pharmacy. Yeah. I asked the man behind the counter, I said, do you think that this accomplishes anything? And he said, no. <laughs> um, which is good to know that we're all on the same page. The long, long page of forms where all of my information had to be written down. Uh, in, pen- that, in pencil. That yeah. seems super official. I've heard that when you actually go prescription only with Sudafed, then you actually get some results as far as deterring crime. Mm. But that's 
to me that is a bridge too far. I would, would rather there be meth in the world than having to get a fucking prescription to get pseudoephedrine. Yeah, if Breaking Bad has taught me anything, it's that uh, the best meth uh, comes not from using Sudafed, but, uh, I don't know, from using uh, methylamine, some other chemical. Ah, well. Yeah, uh, like, the, like the bikers used to. Uh, so, Breaking Bad's a pretty good show. Still haven't watched any of that. I, uh, the first four seasons of it are on Netflix, and I'm, I'm very much considering buying the season on iTunes so that we can watch it as it comes out. Because hmm. uh, it's a good show. And, you know, God knows I'd like to give Apple some more money. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, 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 the Claritin stuff, I don't know, it, my, my mouth is kind of dry, and it seems like I can breathe a little better. Uh, but that one tonsil still covered with little bacterial colonies and uh, still hurts just pretty much all the time. Yeah, you have to do something about that. Did they not want to give you antibiotics? They did, and it just didn't help. Huh. So, That's I don't know. Frightening. Eh, I mean, it's not like it's just an annoying thing. It's not, and I don't think it's anything serious. Uh, but I do, you know, they, they both. I, you know, my doctor says you should go to the EDNT guy and tell him that your tonsils suck and that you should get them taken out. And I said, yeah, my doctor says you should take my tonsils out. And he didn't even look at them. And he was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Oh, shit. When do you want to do it? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Never. I, I'm not really looking forward to uh, having to spend two weeks knocked on my ass recovering. Maybe they're overstating how bad the recovery is. I think so. Um, but, I mean, I don't even like ice cream. So the promise of like, oh, it's okay to eat as much ice cream as you want. Like, I already pretty pretty much eat as much ice cream as I want. Maybe you could, uh, if regular ice cream is a little too fun for you, you could make like broccoli ice cream and maybe some spinach. You think that's the problem? You think it's too fun for me and that's why I don't... This this is too delicious and fun. Crave it and uh, just go after it. I ate a little bit of ice cream on Saturday. It was was Roy's wife's birthday party. Mm. I met a baby. Did you meet the baby for the first time? Yeah. His baby? Yeah. Weird. I mean, the baby's like six weeks old when, like... Well, sure. I would have thought, like, the, the day after, you would you would be running right over there. No, the baby was born while we were in San Diego. Ah, true. So, and I mean, since nothing happened the day after, like, you know, well, clearly there's no pressure. Right? Yeah. It's not like, not like I'm going to suddenly get postpartum depression if I don't meet the baby. Yeah. Also, like... I mean, no offense to people with babies, but, like, all babies are exactly the same. Eh. I mean, I guess some of them have little penises and some of them have little vaginas. I guess that's a difference. Some of them cry and scream and shit more than others. Sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that I'll be very interested in my own baby, but somebody else's baby is just kind of a baby. And, you know... Sure, but that's the thing that you, you... But you go and see the baby, and you go, oh, that's a combination of the DNA of two of my friends. Like, well done for you guys having working parts. and You, you do? I mean, because it seemed important to Roy. Roy seemed, Roy seemed hurt by the fact that I had not made an effort to meet his baby. Yeah. Why, why is that? What, what is it about that? That what is it, what is it about that that I, in the depths of my robot emotional brain, do not get? Like, well, I don't know. Like, 
if you called Roy and said, hey, I got some new arcade games, you should come over and look at them before Roy had a baby, would you be a little bit hurt or annoyed if he didn't? No. Like, if you were really excited... Okay, you have something that you're really excited about that you've just acquired, and you would like to share that excitement with him because he's your friend. Uh, Yeah, I don't think... And he doesn't... I don't. I honestly don't. I, 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 I do not think that I am capable of, g- given my own palette of emotions. I don't think that I have anything that's like that. Uh huh. Like I, I just. Well, you don't have a baby yet. Well, sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I just, I don't know that. Like, if I had a baby right now, there, there would not be anything in my head telling me it is important for Josh to be in the same room as this baby. You might. You think? Yeah. A, a lot of weird things surface in your brain when you have a baby. But I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I people feel that way like, about, like, if they have a new girlfriend, they're excited for people to meet her, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never felt like that. Like, I've never thought that it was important. Yeah, I was thinking, like, if you have a new... If I had a new car. I don't know. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's definitely a. If I'm excited about this and I'm proud of it and I want to share that with you, like, I just got my comic book shipment and do you want to look at the comic? And like, yeah, maybe in like a month. That would seem weird to me. Huh. I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why nobody likes me is because somebody people will constantly ask me like, "Hey, do you want to see my new thing?" And I think about it and I think, "Eh, "No, not really." Yeah. I, I mean. Sometimes I do if it seems like a thing that I would think was cool. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just figure like if I have a baby, then people will see the baby when they see the baby. Like, it, like I wouldn't want somebody to drive across town to see a baby because a baby is boring. Yeah, but a baby is also kind of a big deal. Like every every baby is kind of a big deal to the people that had it, right? So maybe like babies in general are not a big deal. And you've seen one, you've seen them all, but, like, Roy and Corinne's baby is a big deal to Roy and Corinne, and you are a friend of Roy and Corinne's, so... Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I will feel differently. Yeah, I'm not saying that, it, like, it was a horrible thing for you to do, and clearly Roy got over it. Like, everybody... No, 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 but I mean, it is, a, it is a thing that, that bothers people, and, and it's a thing that I just entirely don't understand, and, and that's, that's always weird to me. It's always weird to me when when I discover some some like fundamental aspect of the human condition that I just don't experience. Like when you learn that everybody else wipes their ass standing up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, really only like half of everybody else, right? I thought that was awesome when you when you were telling me about that story, you were kind of leaning away and wincing when you said and you know I just kind of figured everybody went sitting down. <laughs> because you never know. Like, Metafilter had demonstrated that this was a really hotly contested thing. Uh-huh. And everybody thought they were the normal one and didn't know the other one existed. But See, uh, this is a problem. This is a problem that arises as a result of what we sometimes talk about, which is people are afraid to talk about pooping. And I think it's because they don't have the right vocabulary for it. So we should come up with as many new words as possible to describe various butthole-related things. We want to be the Eskimos of poop. Yes. Um, that is my least favorite Rage Against the Machine song, by the way. Uh-huh. 
Hey, you know what my favorite, uh, my least favorite Rage Against the Machine song is? All of them. All of them. Yeah. Uh, it's the same as my least favorite Henry Rollins song. Uh, man, you know what I you know what I watched today? I was uh, I I didn't have enough time to do anything productive. Uh, it was like that amount of time before the radio show, so I was just like, ah, I'm just gonna dick around on Reddit for ten minutes. Right. And uh, and I did, and somebody linked to a video of uh, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention, and they're like, Oh man, props to this guy. Just check this shit out, man. It's so good. He's a fucking genius. And I and I played it, whole thing, listened to it. And I just don't get it. Me neither. I think he's he's easier to appreciate as like a thing that changed music for for you know, and and you can think of him as a genius, but he's he's not as. I mean, in, in what way did he? In what way did he change music? Like, did, was he extremely influential to other musicians? Is that the deal? Yeah. yeah. And like he was definitely a, a musical prodigy of some sort, and he was doing things that nobody else has done and everything. But I like I understand that he's a big deal. I just he's not my big deal. I feel I feel very much the same way about Tom Waits, which I think that's one that you do get. Oh yeah, I really enjoy Tom Waits. Yeah, but I like his weird theatrics and his songwriting, and yeah, I like that dude. I mean, I feel like I'm interested in Frank Zappa as a person, right? Like, I, I I feel like he was very outspoken and his head was in the right place in terms of, like, yeah, we shouldn't censor stuff and and et cetera. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. It It's like all of the parts of Fish that I don't particularly care about. Mm. You know, it isn't that it's bad. You know, it's 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 competently played, but so is elevator music you know it's, I'm trying to think of another artist that I think of that way I mean but you kind of feel that way about Pink Floyd right I just don't understand Pink Floyd full stop hmm. I wouldn't say like yeah they were really genius musicians they were obviously very important cultural force like a lot of people like them and I'm really not sure why hmm. like what makes them special I would say like well, like Andy Kaufman as an idea and as a historical figure is really interesting, but a lot of the shit that he did, I would not, I would not have, have been any fun seen. to watch. Yeah. I wonder, the, I wonder if yeah. my, like, I, I don't know how I would react, right? Like, I can think about it now and like, oh, okay, so this is like, what this guy's doing is important to comedy, right? Like, it is important to like, an, an examination of the nature of the absurd, say, is sure. is is Kaufman's legacy, and I wonder, like, would I have felt at the time, like, oh, I'm glad I was there for that, you know, because that's not like, I I don't think that I'm incapable of appreciating something that I did not enjoy, right, right, but in context and without without the weight of history on it, who knows how you would have felt. And I, I probably would have just been like, oh, what? This was, I thought this was going to be comedy. I think I would have left the theater the evening that he read all of the, was it Great Gatsby? Mm-hmm. Thinking, wow, what a fuckhead who's 
gotten super popular and instead of you know because he's pissed about people wanting him to do the things that he got popular for he just decided to piss all over him like I would probably have asked for my money back I'm not gonna mm. deny it like now I can go oh yeah that was a really interesting thing to do like the whole idea that comedy doesn't have to be funny <laughs> but in the moment nah mm. I don't know if it's the idea that comedy doesn't have to be funny I don't know if that's what we're meant to learn <laughs> from that well, it doesn't have to be funny for the audience. Like, I think he was way more interested in knocking his audience off balance than making them laugh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There was still some laughing. Maybe he wanted them to laugh at him, not with him. Right. Like Dave Chappelle. Or near him. Oh, man. Uh, what else has been going on? I uh, nothing. Uh, uh, there, there was that there was that birthday party, which was nice. A lot of people got bitten by mosquitoes, and I didn't. I think I've gained an imperviousness to mosquitoes. Have you been taking small doses of mosquito venom all through the off season? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just just like Mithridates. I'm Mithridatesing it up. Oh yeah. Um. Ozymandias, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I went to the Renaissance Festival. Again? The oldie Renaissance Festival. This was the first season. Oh. Or not oh, wait, I'm thinking of Kevin. Kevin went to the Renaissance yeah. Festival. First weekend of the season. Kevin and I are two different people. Fine. I insist. Uh, Maybe this yeah. is one of my problems, which is why I don't understand. I was Because, like, Kevin's not mad that I haven't met his kid. Right. I'm just a little... How was the right... I'm a little hurt that you hadn't met Roy's baby yet. <laughs> because I'm also Roy. Uh, again, it was quite good, as per usual. We went and saw our fire-breathing friends and our music-playing friends. And uh, I just like being out there. I like walking around, seeing the dumbasses in kilts. Did you take your kid? Yeah, we took him out. Uh, does, does he care? He was having fun, too. Um, He got to ride the giant, like, pirate ship ride, where it's a big swing that somebody swings. Did he get to ride a camel? He got to pet the llamas and the camels, but we didn't ride them this time. He rode the elephant a couple years ago, but he was a little skittish about that now. He doesn't remember that he did it and wasn't afraid, and so... Yeah. All he sees now is this giant thing that we're asking him to get on top of. Yeah, I feel like that's the story of my life. I do all kinds of things when I'm not afraid of them, and then later on I'm like, wait a minute, I've done this a bunch of times and I wasn't scared of it. Why am I scared now? And then I think, oh, right, because I'm fucking crazy. Hmm. It wasn't just because I've now become aware of my own mortality? Mm, no, I don't think so. Uh, what else? And, uh, oh, we bought a sky chair. What the fuck is a sky chair? It's the... I mean, they're at all of the Renaissance festivals and, like chair and a hammock kind of had sex and had a baby. And then gave it to you to have sex in it? No, you can't have sex in it. There's a weight limit and a motion limit. So, yeah. So is it just like a bunch of ropes? Like a rope cocoon that hangs from a hook in the ceiling? No, it's like a canvas chair and a little little leg rest that are suspended from the ceiling. On a hook. But why couldn't you? Why couldn't you have sex in it? Like just put the lady in it, right? Well, I guess sure. It's only a foot off the ground, though. 
well, hang it higher. That what? What do I have to do everything for you? Yeah, so you need to come over, raise that chair, and then have sex with my lady in it. Um. So I learned a, I learned an amazing thing from an article that was linked to uh, from Metafilter mere minutes ago. Uh, I mean, I guess you know some hundreds of minutes ago, probably, but um, hours ago, I guess they call that. Uh, but it was a it was a, a thing about uh, Victorian sexual slang. Uh, and my favorite was the uh, the term for penis, gaying instrument. <laughs> um, Excellent. So I don't know. I mean, is, was gaying like like a word for partying? You know, like would a would a girl like a, a girl on on the Victorian equivalent of crack walk up to your walk up to your buggy as you were disembarking to go into the gentleman's club and say, hey. You guys wanna, you guys, you guys like gaying. You wanna go gay. I guess that, in the arcane sense, having sex would make you feel gay. Mm-hmm. Don't know sure. that that's really arcane at this point. Archaic, arcane. Yeah, it's magic. Well, I've always thought that gay people are magic. Well, sure. They're, I mean, they're from the land of fairy. Who? Oh, they're fae. So one of Kevin's uh, favorite things about the Renaissance Festival this year was apparently a thing where they had put a bunch of string uh, up between trees in uh, aesthetically appealing patterns and then danced among them like fairies. Hmm. These are his words. Uh, is that a thing that you saw? I didn't see that. Uh, they've added a mermaid tank this year because nothing says Renaissance like a, a mermaid. Mm-hmm. So that... Uh, what I was sad to see was a lady in a costume swimming around in a, a mermaid tank. They didn't get an actual... Didn't have the budget for an actual one. Mm. They also did she, added... Did she, ever, did she have boobs out? No, no, no tits out. Tits in. Tits in uh, a shell bra. That's less interesting. Shell bra. The, uh, they also had, in a really controversial move that is getting some backlash, a fucking mini donut truck that they just driven onto the lawn where the, like, next to the sheep herding demonstration, so... Like, I mean, I know that the, it's not really the point of the Renaissance Festival to be as accurate historically as possible, but I think there's a difference between going up to, like, a, you know, kind of a thatched roof-looking hut and buying some french fries and, a like, a bottle of beer... And walking up to a truck that's got a gas generator blaring and lights across the top and buying your fucking mini donuts. It, it, it ruins it in a, a way that's hard to hard to explain. Yeah, oh, I, I very much agree with you. I, I've always appreciated about the, the one here that they, they don't make it... You can't really see any of the anachronistic gear that they use, right? Like... Yeah, when yeah. you get, you can get a fountain soda, but you don't see a soda fountain, right? You see your glass of soda come through a tiny darkened hole, right? To the people out front who are paying you, and they don't have a cash register, right? Like they just have like, they have a bucket. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it doesn't bother me that they take Visa and shit. Like somebody handing me a smartphone to pay for something doesn't break that that trust in a way that just having a giant truck. Sitting in the middle. Yeah, of the I mean, because you've got zippers on your clothes, you know. I mean, it's, it's not and, like. And something that's for convenience like that is 
yeah, I definitely enjoy not having to have a whole bunch of cash on me while I'm walking around. And it doesn't bother me to see a guy in a Star Trek uniform any more than, I mean, any more than it bothers me anywhere else to see that. If like, he's constantly say, trying to get the holodeck to turn off, that's yeah, funny. the guy. Yeah, that, that's fun. That's funny, but it's funny in a way that it's funny to say you're going to do that, but not actually go through with it. Right. You know, it sort of like wearing a Star Trek uniform for any reason, except a, if it's Halloween at a con, at like a comic con. I can see doing that. Sure. Uh, th- I mean, I guess I consider those things appropriate venues for cosplay yeah. and I suppose the other day like the other night there was I don't really know what this was it it was there was a thing somewhere that said Nerdvana Con uh-huh. uh, and it was a thing that they did as part of uh, the second Friday in downtown Mesa which is supposed to be like an art walk except I don't think there are really any art galleries uh-huh. uh, down there and so it's more just a like this is somebody setting up a booth to sell some garbage that they made yeah maybe maybe some nice garbage like no offense to that sort of craftsman but uh it's always a little weird right like i feel like if there's a line of self like self-encapsulated tents like a tent that somebody brought with them you know Uh and then they set up a table to sell some stuff it is a virtual certainty that that stuff is not going to be anything that i'm interested in or would gauge to be of high quality right um, cause I feel like if you're the kind of person that can make a thing that is good enough to sell it, like you'd maybe have it, it would be like in a store yeah. or something, right? These, these all seem like the kind of things that the, the people doing them probably have the URL of where you can buy them on the back window of their car. Uh-huh. Um, which to me is always just, is always a sign of, a, of an extremely high quality product or service. Yeah. Like cheap glasses, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's talk about that. Uh, I did not know that this was a thing. And it totally makes sense, I guess. Uh, But apparently, you can, if you have a glasses prescription, you can just go online and buy glasses from China. Because they don't care uh, whether you go blind or not. (laughs) So they just trust you. That your prescription is up to date. Yeah. It It isn't that they trust you. It is that they just don't fucking care. And it seems like it would be in your best interest to give them an up-to-date prescription. Sure. But I don't think most people would actually make that determination the right way. I think most people would be happy to just continue getting the exact same glasses over and over again, but for $8 instead of $90. Yeah. And, you know, probably if you did that for your entire life, it would be pretty much exactly the same as if you didn't do that for your entire life. Yeah. So probably doesn't matter. I mean, maybe your prescription changes such that you start getting headaches or whatever, but what it did was it made it because I got, I went and got an eye exam, but I didn't like any of the glasses that they had there. And I thought, I'll just, I'll just keep this prescription and I'll get some glasses somewhere else. Like if I'm in a mall, I will go into a glasses store. And if I see some glasses that I like, then I'll just have my prescription with me in the car. And so I'll go get it and get some glasses. But then of course I never went into another fucking eyeglasses store. Because right. that's not a thing that you ever remember to do. And plus, when are you at a mall nowadays? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, but, actually, you are right. But I can go to uh, I can go to any number of websites and just buy six pairs of glasses from China for the amount of money that it would have cost to get one pair of glasses from a glasses store. It's and so I can get fucking crazy ones. Maybe I'll get some yeah. giant blue glasses. 
just to wear once. We're like, you know, I would have rented these glasses for $14 a day. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have rented them for 14 hours unless I was going to a blue glasses theme party. <laughs> That'd be a really expensive. Well, I guess for people who don't know about cheap Chinese glasses. Yeah. What are you paying for when you buy these exact same frames in a retailer in the United States? And the person that I was talking to said, do just like the markup and the markup, markup. I mean, all those frames are made in China anyway, right? So you got maybe safety or, or uh, actual lens grinding uh, acumen. I doubt it. You don't think? Yeah. Because I know, like, our buddy uh, Vaginal Blood Fart is grinding lenses now, and he said it's not a super, like, skilled thing to do. Like, you learn how to do it fairly quickly and. It's not. It doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, if they were making shitty glasses that didn't, that weren't the right prescription, people would stop buying from them. I think. How would you? How would you know? I mean, maybe they just make a new URL and they say, "Hey, we're a brand new eyeglasses company." We're cheap glasses two, three, four. Yeah, you'd never make the connection. But you know, the the frames are bound to be made in China anyway, so they got to ship them over. You got a brick and mortar shop where you have to pay people a living wage to staff it you gotta pay your rent on the building and everything it's like overhead and middleman are gone mm. I don't know I can't tell if my frames are made in China or not I'm super happy with the, the sunglasses that I got and they don't quite fit on my face but that's my fault so, how so because for they, having a fucked up wrong sized face yeah well they tell you to look on the inside of a pair of glasses that you have and it, there's a series of numbers that, like, one of them is the size of the lens, one of them's the width of the bridge, and one of them's the length of the earpiece. So I got, the sunglasses that I got were four millimeters narrower on the bridge than my regular glasses, so they're a little small on the face. Four, four millimeters, huh? Yeah. So they're, like, they're a little small on the face, but they're, the prescription is perfect. They're actually the clearest set of glasses that I have. Yeah, my glasses are all scratched to shit, and my girlfriend won't let me wear my white ones anymore. Mm. I'll show her. I'm going to get some crazy-ass shit and wear it all the time. You totally should. I'm getting six. I'm getting six pairs of glasses, and only one of them is going to be not fucking crazy. <laughs> That's what I've decided. You never know. Maybe I'll go from moment to moment. Maybe I will get a bandolier. I will get a, a spectacle bandolier, and I will just switch glasses every minute. And you won't even know what to look like. Think. I what mean, to what to think of? You you won't know what to think about when you look at me. I never know what to think about when I look at you. Uh, I went and saw Total Recall this weekend. Yeah, boy, how was that? I was all right. I don't know that I really believe that that movie needed to be remade. Um, but if this had been a new movie that came out now and had no legacy to live up to i would not have been disappointed that i saw it I, I was i was in fact not disappointed that i saw it so you're sticking to your plan of only seeing movies that you expect to be mediocre uh no i didn't really have any expectations about it at all i you know something that i think has happened to me is that i have just stopped i have stopped trying to decide what my expectations are based on anything that I see on the internet and I never see anything that isn't on the internet right like I the correspondence between Rotten Tomatoes score 
and whether I like a movie or not is just negligible. Hmm. So I looked, I went to Rotten Tomatoes before the movie because we were trying to figure out like, are we going to have time to come home between this and the next thing or not just to see how long it was. And I saw that it had a really poor rating. And again, like, I don't know what the fuck they wanted this movie to be. Like, there was nothing stupid in it. And that, to me, that means it's okay. It just looked kind of, to me, it looked boring in a very specific way. Yeah, like, what, what do you mean? How do you mean? Like generic fantasy slash sci-fi movie grim and gritty no sense of humor no sense of fun just a whole lot of shit happening hmm kind of like Battleship like the ads for Battleship it's like okay this will be that movie again and it it had the added thing of like everything looked slightly out of focus because of the CG-ness of it all oh yeah yeah, it just didn't seem like... It's like, when I only see a movie every month, or maybe every two months, I do rely on the... You know, like, I only go for a sure thing. And that didn't look like a sure thing. There are no sure things in this life. The Avengers was a sure thing. I, you know, I don't know if I really want to see the new Batman movie. It was alright. Yeah, I mean, I just don't... Like... Every time we're deciding what movie to see, I, I think, oh, there's Batman. Then I think, eh, I'm not really in the mood for that. Like, I'm approaching Batman the way that I did Apocalypse Now when I had it on Netflix. It's not as grim as The Dark Knight was. Okay. And it doesn't feel as long. But, I mean, like, what's frustrating with the Batman movie is there are people who insist that it's the best thing ever and like the best superhero movie ever and absolutely flawless and super serious and like about something man for a change but it's not it's ridiculous and there are parts of it that are ridiculous and things that don't make sense just like any movie mm-hmm. so it, it like approached as this is a piece of kind of pop culture entertainment it's pretty fucking good but approached as like this is going to just fucking blow me away, bro. Yeah. I think but I have come to realize that Batman Avengers. is the only superhero that I like. Yeah. You got to see Avengers, man. You, you've got to see some Avengers. Ah, uh, okay. You keep saying that. I do, because I mean it. I keep meaning it. I mean, the first Iron Man was pretty good. Yeah. I guess. Thor was okay. The Ed Norton Hulk was awful. Yeah. But the Angley the Angley Hulk was, I think, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Right. Uh, I don't know how I would how I would feel about it if I went back to it. Mark Ruffalo makes a good Hulk though, and written written well. The Hulk parts of it become the best parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Captain America movie was awfully good. Yeah, just I don't care at all. Sure, but like I just look at that and it's like that you, might as well have been like. Like, I don't know. I'm t- I'm trying to think of what else. Like, it might have it might as well have been a basketball game for all the interest I had in watching it. Did you watch it? No. Okay. Did do you like the Rocketeer? I never saw the Rocketeer. Oh, see, there's your problem. 
No, the Captain America movie, like, I, I don't give a shit about Captain America as a character at all, but it was good. Uh, there's that one movie, The Rocket Ear, about that serial killer who only murders showgirls. Right. Uh, and he gets caught when they find a rocket ear uh, at the bottom of a shrimp cocktail. Right. Um, and there was The Rock a tear which was uh, about the rock seeing somebody throw some litter on the highway and crying a single tear <laughs> right it's a short Dwayne, movie <laughs> Dwayne the rock running crow right oh hey um, did, you, did you see the dragon con app no I felt all famous there, so there's a dragon con app that's gonna make finding shit at dragon con possible which is good I don't know if they did it last year because my phone wasn't smart enough to handle it last year Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like you can pick which track you want to look at and see what time shit is, and you can look at the list of people who are doing panels by name. And uh, it's yeah, it's great. about time that somebody make a usable app for a con like that. And I've tried. I keep so trying them, and then I keep thinking, "Oh right, nobody knows how to fucking do this in a way that makes any sense." This was a waste of time again. This one's nice. Good, and we're in it. I thought yeah, it was really cool, cool to look, go look and. I'll bet my name's going to be in here. I'll bet it's going to be in here. Oh, it's right underneath Nichelle Nichols. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I was happy to be on the same list as William Shatner for once in my life. Hmm. Um, yeah, th- so they only assigned me to the KOL panel. So I guess I, I'm, I'm freed from my obligation of doing other panels. Hmm. So I don't know what that's all about. I, I honestly, like last year I was dreading it and then it was kind of fun. And this year I was kind of looking forward to it. So they take it away from me. Yeah, maybe I got bad ratings. Maybe maybe everybody hated my panels, and they said "f you" is what we rate this. They added a "u" onto the end of the lowest grade that it was possible to give somebody. They're like, we want to see Richard Garriott talk about space poops some more. I think <coughs> I'm going to try and follow you around more this time, and go to fewer of the panels where it's like, oh, this is a famous person that I want to see, and make sure that they have an actual physical body. And more, this person's going to say something. Something's interesting. Oh, you're, so you're going to follow me around in a quest for edification? Yeah. Ah, uh, man, yeah. I, I got really lucky last year, so I don't know that. I don't know that uh, that lightning is going to strike twice. Yeah. I mean, but so yeah, I mean, I guess I do. If I decide to go see a panel, it's because I think ah, this is a person who who's does interesting work. Right. Right, like I wouldn't go see some. I wouldn't go see a panel of a show just because I liked the show. Right, like I would need like, uh, this is somebody whose body of work I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Like I might go see a director that I liked, sure, but not like a movie star that I liked. Yeah, we'll try it. Yeah. I, you know, like always, I mostly just want to play play games and drink cocktails, right, and look at bets. people in fancy costumes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, and maybe hang um, carry it again. I'm going to engage in some cosplay with your girlfriend and uh, Jessica. Yeah, she told me last night that I was going to engage in that, and then I said, no, uh, no, dear, I do not believe that I am. Oh, come on. You don't want to be zombie Bill Murray? Uh, No, I don't, because I don't have time to do it right, and the very last thing that I want in the midst of the most intense, dedicated cosplaying that I ever am around is to be in a half-ass costume. Uh like I would just as soon I would just as soon go out in public in the town that I live in wearing a utilicilt 
as show up to Dragon Con in a shitty costume. Oh yeah, mine is gonna be a t-shirt and some jeans and uh, the hat, and it's probably not going to be perfectly screen accurate. And if anybody says anything about it, I'll probably shrug and or flip them off. Okay. So so basically you are just inviting conflict. Well, no, I'm just... I feel like for somebody who's not a dick, somebody being... somebody being excited enough about a property to dress up like them is fine. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's 100% accurate or if the... You know, like, I love the fat guy in the cardboard Iron Man outfit. That guy loves Iron Man, and that's yeah. totally cool, and nobody should give that guy any shit. No, and that's okay, because it was a lot of work, right? What, I, what I'm talking about is, and, and I don't, like, I don't want to dress in a costume if it is not obvious, A, that I am even in a costume, right? Uh-huh. And... Be, and, and so, second, she told me like, oh, "I'm just gonna get you a wife beater and put some red nail polish on it." And I was like, "Nope, yeah. that is that is not going to happen." If I was if I was at my fighting weight, I wouldn't mind walking around in a wife beater. I guess, although I probably would. I th- I think I would be I would be racked with mortifying self consciousness if I was walking around in a wife beater. Huh. And so I'm not gonna do that. I'm just going to dress like I'm going to dress like a nerd, sure. Which is what I do every day. I'm probably going to take it. I'm going to take my my Dungeons and Dragons in the Mountain Dew font shirt. I'm going to take my sweet Millennium Falcon shirt from Target so that I can high five the five or ten or really probably more realistically seventy five other dudes that are wearing that shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then I don't know. I guess like this outfit is close enough to something that I would wear. I need to find some cowboy boots, though. Mm, I have some cowboy boots that fit me. What size are your feet? Do you have dainty feet? I forget. Uh, No, I don't know. Like 10 and a half or 11. I don't Uh, think it's a good idea for me to haul cowboy boots across the country on the off chance that they fit you. (laughs) You can probably just go get some cowboy boots. Yeah. Um, Yeah, mine were part of my Jedi costume, because that was as close as I could find to Fancy man Jedi boots. Right. I don't know. Would you call the boots a Jedi wears fancy man boots? Oh, That's kind of how I think of them. Fancy man boots? I can't even think of a Jedi's boots. I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. yeah. I think of yeah. a robe that stops at the ground, but I'm not thinking of like prequel bullshit stuff. Yeah, I feel like they were wearing just shoes or boots. And I don't think they had, like, sandals. They didn't have, like, Roman, what I was going to say, toga shorts, which right. is the phrase that popped to mind when I tried to describe those sandals that you have. Good old toga shorts. Toga shorts. Um, you know, the kind that are just, like, a piece of a used tire and some leather thongs. Yeah. Well, mine's a, a used part of a conveyor belt from an assembly line. Oh, okay. But same basic premise, yes. So do you move? If you just stand there, do you move? I do. It's crazy. That is awesome. It's like, it's like free segue. Yeah. I realize that my argument in favor of those sandals are the same as the argument people make when they wear those fucking barefoot five-toe shoes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to do about that. 
What what is your argument for those? Like they're the most comfortable things I've ever put on my feet, mm-hmm. and they're comfortable to walk around in all day, and they've lasted forever, which is awesome. So I don't think like they look the way that I wear them. They look a little bit not like just regular sandals that people wear, but I think they're close enough. It's yeah. not like it's not like I've got individual fucking shoes on each of my toes. Right, and just nothing on the nothing on the rest of your foot. I don't think anybody is like genuinely creeped out by those sandals in a way that I I saw somebody wearing those toe shoes in uh, at the Ren Fair, and just watching them walk and the way that the toes flex inside those little things, just ugh. yeah. At Corinne's at Corinne's birthday party, there was a buddy of ours that wears those things a lot, and it's just, I was just I didn't want to be grossed out by it. Like I did, I don't want to be a person who is intolerant of somebody else's shoes. Right. Like, I don't want to feel like that. You know, like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like myself when I imagine myself, like, just the, the internal, internal only, right? I mean, I'm not going not to hassle somebody about it, but I don't want to be grossed out by that, and I am. Yeah. It's, you know what, you know what it is? When I see that, my brain says, ah, that is like a discolored, filthy, diseased foot. Yeah. I honestly think that's what's happening. I think that I think that your lizard brain says, ugh. It's like it puts your feet in the uncanny valley. <laughs> ugh, like a bruised, bloated, black on the bottom foot. Yeah. Compared to that, Toga Shorts, not that bad. Yeah, really. This this is okay. I uh my problem with the, like, my problem with the, the sandals that you have is entirely functional, uh, and I'm sure it's imaginary, but I don't, like, I do not understand why somebody would wear anything that wasn't flip-flops if they were going to wear something that was going to get them made fun of for the informality of their footwear, uh. which any, any sandals, people are going to say, it's inappropriate for you to wear those sandals anywhere. You right. know, assholes are going to say that. Right. Uh, you they know, are, the notion, I, like I encountered the notion again that like it's somehow not okay to fly wearing flip flops. Huh? Like it was like oh because people used to people used to wear suits to get on an airplane. It's like uh, okay, but like and I, I yeah I don't know man. I'm just I, like I wear flip flops the majority of the time, right? Because I, yeah. when I'm in a building, I like to be barefoot, and so. And, and I hate wasting time, and I hate tying things. So regular shoes, not going to work. I also, here's one problem that I have. I, I, I got it beaten into my head in, in high school that taking off a pair of socks that you've been sweating into and then putting them back on Ugh. will give you athlete's foot. Yeah, like, that's also just kind of gross. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, I'm less grossed out by that than I was before all of the backpacking, where you don't have any choice. Yeah, you know, um, but but yeah, sure. So so I don't like doing that, and it's not like if I go to work, take off my sneakers, I I don't want to like walk around in socks because then the socks get all dirty and worn out and gross. So you know, and I don't want to take off my socks because then I'll have to put them back on, and you don't want to do that because you get athlete's foot. So what are you going to do? You're just going to leave your shoes on all the time. Mm. 
as it turns out. That's what I'm going to do. Um, you know what I think I'm going to do for Dragon Con? Is I'm going to just wear my hiking boots every time, or my hiking shoes. Because every time I go to something where I have to do a lot of walking around and I'm walking in those fucking chucks, I think, God damn it, I should have just worn my hiking shoes. Like, I don't care whether I look cool or not. You, you think, know? God damn it, it turns out that I'm 37 years old. Sorry, 36 years old and shouldn't be wearing chucks anymore. You know, I have asked pretty much everyone that I know if there is any validity whatsoever to your assertion that we are too old to wear chucks and everybody, literally everyone that I have spoken All of the to, no matter what age they are, you know. have said, no. Have you asked me? <laughs> I'm assuming that I, I'm assuming that your opinion hasn't changed. <laughs> it um, hasn't. You know what's going to be really sad about the break that we're about to take, Mr. Skullhead? What's that? Uh, here's the thing. Normally, normally I'm pretty happy with my relationship. Normally, things don't happen that make me question my, my, my choice of mate, right. you know? But today, today, I came to the abrupt realization that not only had my girlfriend drunk my last beer, oh. but she did so and left the goddamn empty box in the fridge so that, so that my disappointment was all the more acute. Hmm. When I reached in, when I reached in to the cardboard container of PBR, next to my next to my extra pair of chucks that I keep in the fr- in the fridge, so that they're especially cool, right? So that I can go tell my friends at mustache practice that I have the coolest shoes. Uh, yeah, god damn it, Mr. Skullhead. My girlfriend drank all my fucking beer and then left the empty beer box in the fridge. What do you do? What do you do in a situation like that? You know, I'll tell you what I did. I drank a goddamn bottle of Stella Artois. Well, you're drinking PBR. What's the difference? Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, I'm sorry. On the one hand, one is a light pilsner that comes in a can. On the other hand, the other one's a light pilsner that comes in a bottle. Okay, I... I could absolutely, absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, do the blind taste test for those two beers. Yeah, there is I a totally there couldn't. is a there is a category of beer that Stella Artois fits into. Stella Artois and Heineken, I would not be able to tell apart. Stella Artois, Heineken, Rolling Rock, I would not be able to tell apart. But there is a category of beers that I that I my understanding is that these are beers that are brewed in the sort of Czech tradition. Uh. That have a flavor that I just do not like. Uh-huh. I'll drink it if that's all there is, but I, I know. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm colorblind in that. You cannot. Spectrum. You cannot understand that I actually like PBR. You you can't understand that I actually enjoyed Schlitz. Well, no, I, I I can't understand that why you would drink that to the. To the elimination of anything else. They're like, I will certainly drink a PBR or two if they're around. But I don't see, like, uh, this isn't a PBR. Why the fuck should I drink this? Yeah, well, okay. Except because Stella Artois is gross, right? Like, if there. Oh, see, I would I'd, not have been sad to be, be out of PBR to... if there had been, like, a stone IPA in the fridge. I would have drunk the stone IPA. But, like, when. Because 
because my girlfriend drank all of my beer, I have to drink something gross that I don't like and that is only in my house because somebody somebody gross left it there after a party. Okay. It makes me sad. Yes, as well it should. I think there's some Corona that I could probably drink without a lime, which... Yeah. I'm drinking a Pacifico without a lime. That's where I landed tonight. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah, it's not great. I... Corona, Corona and Pacifico don't work without a lime. A Tecate does... A Dos Equis kind of does. A Soul is right in the middle. Dos Equis is all right. Yeah. By itself. I would say what what you do is your girlfriend can drive and has some money, right? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I, in fact, I sent her a text message. I, I thought, I thought I should send her a text message and give her what for. But then I thought, nope, no, no. I'm just going to send her a text message and say, you should get some more beer on your way home. Yep. Because that says it all. That that expresses the addition of more. You should get some more beer. What is implied there is you should get some more beer. Some more beer to replace the beer that you drank all of mine and left the goddamn box in the fridge. Laying a trap. Laying a trap not for not for not for this coil of flesh, but for my very soul. It it wasn't it wasn't a blade that swung down from the ceiling, cutting my scalp, my head, my arms. It wasn't a it wasn't a spike that sprung out of the wall, stabbing me in the side, Christ-like. It wasn't a pit that opened up, dropping me into a puddle of boiling acid. No, no, it was a trap for my heart. It was a trap for my feelings, Mister Skullhead. Wait, can you be passive-aggressive and a drama queen at the same time? Yeah, I think so. It <laughs> turns out. Uh, yeah, so 14 minutes-ish is where we're landing on this one. I could probably get to the store and back in that amount of time. No, there aren't any stores near where you live. There are only fields and pastures and manor houses. Oh, right. You live in the English countryside, right? Yeah, I do. It's weird. I have a really long commute. It's like, wow, this office seemed like a good idea at the time. I was really, really drunk, though. On beer. On good beer. Good American beer from America. All right, we'll see you in uh, 14 minutes, Carl. And we're back. Hey, that was some good applause. Yeah, I felt like it would add a little something to the broadcast if we felt like people really were enjoying listening to us. Uh, the day took a turn for the brighter as the as the sun started to go down, Mr. Skelet. I found uh, a, a, I had forgotten that uh, Hot Stuff left a, a bottle of Chimay in the Ooh. fridge. Sometimes I'm having a delightful goblet of Chimay. Yeah, that'll do. Mm, that'll do, pig. WVO Quine writes, One, BSA stands for Boy Scouts of America. KOL has the CSA, where the CS stands for Camp Scouts, but nothing in game says what the A stands for. What does the A stand for? Uh, CSA stands for Camp Scout Organization. Ah. Number two, were there any zombie hunters that you considered but didn't use for some reason? Didn't you and Riff change some of them around because you couldn't figure out how to write them? No, we talked about it, but uh, he ended up writing the one that I couldn't come up with anything for. What, which one was that? Uh, Father Grigori. Whoever. Yeah. The, the other priest that's not from Evil Dead. Because there are two from Half-Life, and I've only played half an hour of Half-Life. Oh, I see. I played an hour of life, but uh, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah, I asked, and apparently everybody else that saw that list of monsters asked why there wasn't a Shaun of the Dead in there. 
but uh, yeah, there's yeah. just no room for them. Yeah, I I did not recognize a handful of them. I don't think I didn't. I don't think I knew that there was a. Pre- oh, it's not Evil Dead. It's Dead Alive. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and I saw I saw Dead Alive just at random. It was chosen as like a random, not for its cult status, but just as a random horror movie that my RA rented huh. uh, for some Halloween party my freshman year of college. Um, but yeah, we're uh, which one? One of the so there was one priest that was the the crazy priest from Half Life, and one that was a different priest. Yeah, and there's a priest in Dead Alive who comes out wearing like a dressing gown and his his big like big damn hero moment is saying, I kick ass for the Lord and jumping in and kicking some ass for the Lord. Mm. You know, I think I thought that that priest was supposed to be the priest from The Exorcist and I don't know why that seemed like a thing because that guy didn't fucking kill zombies. Nope. Well, maybe he did, just not in that movie. Yeah, yeah, sure. Number three, have any decisions been made about changing the point reward structure for zombie path runs? I think three points per hardcore run and one point per normal run would be fair. Yeah, well, you think that, and everybody else thinks something entirely fucking different. Like, all of the discussions on this are so far from anything even remotely resembling a consensus that I am inclined to just do nothing. Um, because no matter what, no matter what we do, if we give anything to anybody, that's going to be a giant thumb up the ass of whoever we don't give it to a slap in the face yeah. a fist in the a fist in the urethra uh-huh. yeah four is there a trick to manipulating when the redneck zombie hunter comes up or is it random uh no and no five there are two different effects called thick skin well one is an effect one is a passive rename one yeah i don't know that i actually think that that's all that important like i don't think it's a big deal that there is a passive skill that has the same name as an effect like, there will literally never be a time that there will be any opportunity for you to confuse them because they will never appear in a list together. Right. Um, dum, dum, the gap in the plot says, why didn't you change the mining minigame? It could have been so awesome. And then he shows me a picture that looks a lot like our mining minigame but has a little man in it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I mean... I guess you can make a screenshot and you can say, I have an idea for an awesome mining mini game, but maybe give some more details if you actually have a solid idea for it. Cause and if all he wants is for there to be a little avatar in there, I don't know. Maybe you can add a uh, cat person. Cat person? Yeah, as the avatar. Oh, yeah, like a blue cat person. Okay, sure. Or like a guy. Uh, I saw this animated GIF that uh, purported to be someone uh, doing some fart bending in the <laughs> in the in the style of, of Avatar: The Last Airbender, which uh, was pretty funny. Uh, Miss Friendly says, "Seeing the thread about the soft green Neko eyedrop antidote and booze made me think it was about something other than what it turned out to be. What do you think about this? Uh, SGEA can remove the too drunk to adventure effect, but still be in place to stop people from drinking more. This can be a useful resource for players who want to reach a daily goal, like Lucre or Stomach of Steel or Meat Maid." No, man. We like there are all of these suggestions, like saying, "Oh, hey, maybe you should make it so over drinking doesn't stop you from adventuring." And no, like we would have to totally. That would be such a giant, giant increase in the number of turns that you could play. Yeah, you know that might not be true. No, 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 no. 
Uh, RNG Amy says, since the zombie path is muscle, should slash could the zombie skills activate the Juju Mojo Masks Wrath of the Volcano God? I'm, I thought that they all did. Uh, so if there are some that are missing, let me know and I'll add them to the list. My, my intention was to, was to add them all to the list. Uh, time says, dear you guys, thank you for Father McGruber. There can never be enough references to Dead Alive. Yours truly, Time. I should watch it again. It did not strike me at the time as anything remarkable. It's just fun. You know, it's not not so much a horror movie as like a gore fest. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not scary, but it's totally awesome when the guy straps on his lawnmower to his chest and just kind of wades into a crowd of zombies. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. it's funny. It's Peter Jackson, isn't it? Yeah. Back in his Meet the Feebles days. Yep. Have you seen Meet the Feebles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a thing. I've definitely seen that. I was going to watch it again so that my wife could see it, but then I decided that was too much to ask. Yeah, I mean, did you think it was bad? No, like, uh, it's in that Requiem for Dream category. Oh, where it's just, like, grim and depressing? No, it's just, like, I'm glad that I saw that once. Like, I thought it was was hilarious, and I would recommend that people see it, but I don't know if I need to see it again. Uh, Yeah, Happiness, I'm sorry I saw it once, and pissed that I saw it twice. Dryhead says on the Thursday show you were talking about the use of free runaways in the slime tube and couldn't figure out what the use is settling on something about agua de vida effects and gallbladder squeezing the actual reason is that when you enter the slime tube you receive a number of turns of coated in slime based on your monster level modifiers so to be able to survive you need to go in with low monster level to get the effect run away and then go back with high monster level it's possible to use cliche but that just means there's one less turn before you have to chamois off and repeat the process and when you have lots of plus monster level effects that's generally one turn that you can't afford to lose I don't particularly care what you do with blankout I just thought you might like to know what the use of free runaways in this context is oh, okay thank you for explaining that uh Erich says how's the monster manual idea going identifying monster level hp file etc etc i'm pretty excited at the concept of a new vector for collecting um yeah that's actually getting there uh, you're probably gonna hate it and be angry whack says since zombie masters have minions instead of mp can sneaky pete have groupies instead of hp <laughs> no we i look this isn't some this isn't some Chris Brown video game. We're not about beating up ladies. Unless they're hippie ladies, in which mm. case beat them up. They're not real ladies if they don't shave their legs. That's what I say. RNG Amy says, is there any chance of adding some more suboptimal and in-theme familiars to the zombie path? Uh no. Like because the theme is undead familiars only, and Riff made an exhaustive list of the undead familiars, and so Squamous Gibber, not undead. Hunchback Minion, it's just a dude. Evil Teddy Bear, not uh, not undead. Gru is just an animal. Ragamuffin Imp is a demon. Spooky Gravy Fairy is a fairy. Attention Deficit Demon is a demon. Underworld Bonsai is a fucking tree. Right. It's not a tree that died and then came back to life, either. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Dun, dun, dun. Rally 37 also explains the coded and slime thing. What if you set up a separate server? He says, not for the usual pay-to-win or pay-to-play-more function, but for static KOL. Static KOL is the version of KOL in which you can tinker with your speedrun strategy, run it over and over until you perfect it, and sooner or later get straight aces on the RNG, and you never have to adapt to revamps, updates, nerfs, tweaks, etc., and you never experience crimbo and therefore never complain about it. Meanwhile, those of us who prefer the changing, evolving open beta game will keep playing on the main server and will look forward to more of you and your team's writing every month, every past season, every crimbo, and whenever you happen to get inspired. Uh, you know, I, I see what you did there. 
We should make an NS11 server. Yeah. Loading Legion hang glider. Hell yeah, back item for more runaways by flying away. By the way, there is a hang glider in the White Citadel quest. I know, there's an encounter in the White Citadel quest referring to the market demon. Eventually, you're going to have to hire George Lucas to maintain internal consistency for the KOL Expanded Universe, but I digress. There is no KOL Expanded Universe, unless you count that fanfic, that slash fiction with me and Darth Dud. Right. Yeah, that's Expanded Universe. That is, that, that's definitely not in Z canon. So George Lucas has done such a bang-up job of keeping internal consistency in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. You think? Uh, Everybody gets so mad about the midichlorians. I think it's more like there are plot holes in the that are introduced in the Phantom Menace and the, like in the prequels where it almost seems like he doesn't maybe give a shit because he probably doesn't or remember. Yeah. Were there no were there no like sort of logical inconsistencies? I mean apart from the niggling like a parsec as a unit of distance. Right. Were there no things about the original trilogy that didn't make any sense? I mean I feel like it is almost impossible in something that receives that much scrutiny. Right. And is done, you know, like a fucking movie. You spend a few months on it and then you're done. Right? I mean it's not like you think I'm creating landmark cultural achievement. So it's really important that I get everything right. And there yeah. are like inconsistencies like look at this blast pattern, only Imperial stormtroopers are that precise. Yeah. Which that like, that kind of stuff that gets retconned in stunningly unsatisfying ways in the extended universe. Oh yeah, did that get retconned somehow? Yeah, it, it's uh the rifles that these particular stormtroopers were issued had a bad, like, focusing crystal or some shit. So it's not that stormtroopers are bad shots, they just had bad equipment for that particular encounter. Okay. Like, you know, that is a less satisfying explanation than Luke is the hero, and if he gets shot, the movie's over in a big damn hurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R2-D2 gets shot that one time. Yeah, and he goes, wow! Mm-hmm. And he speeds across and smokes and sparks. Yeah, I remember that scene where R2-D2 smokes. They cut it out of uh, the new prints of the movie, because you don't want kids to be emulating that. Yeah, there were all those Lucky Strikes commercials with R2-D2 in them, though, as the spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And there was that movie, R2-D2 and the Marlboro Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with Don Johnson. And Tango and C-3PO. <laughs> yep. Jar Jar and Hooch. <laughs> uh, Giarge says, Number one, I feel like some things, like the right-click menu and, dare I say it, the fullness counter, could probably be on by default. Other things, like the pictorial top pane, I'm unsure of. How do you choose whether a new option is something people turn on or something people turn off? Well, okay, so I mean, your, I think your opinion is that the things that you like should be on by default and the things that you don't like should be off by default. Um, I... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's easier now, like with the with the iconic top menu, I think turning that on for new people and, like, just no one can complain about it if you do it that way. Huh. And that's a lot of it. Like, it doesn't matter whether I think it's better or not. It's a it's a question of how, how much shit is going to land in my mouth if I do it this way versus if I do it this other way. Uh, number two, what made you think zombies should be a muscle class? It seems strange to do two muscle challenges before any other types, and as zombies go, you play a pretty moxious one. Also, commas. Uh, man, I don't know. you have to ask Riff, buddy. I feel like zombies are 
Zombies are not noxious. They're like the center of a zombie's ability to do what a zombie does is that they're hard to stop, and that yeah, seems like definitely that, a they're, muscle they're, thing. They're, they're not smart and they're not fast. Yeah. I mean, even if they were fast, they're fast. You know, they're fast like a like a I don't know a runner, not fast like a spy. Yeah. Mm. And they're fast like a like an animal. They want to fuck says, you like. Oh yeah, sure. They're fast like a cheetah, like a zombie cheetah. Mm-hmm. Or a zombie like a gorilla. They run like a fast monkey. Mm-hmm. Pyron says, "I am a zombie. Why can't I try to eat the half-rotted brain? Mm, brains? Uh, I don't know what that is. It might have been something that we overlooked." Uh, Disco Dread says, "I have no questions. I just want to say." Thanks for the new challenge, Path. It is really great, and I really appreciate the effort and love and dedication that you put into this. I tried it out two days ago, just a normal zombie run. I didn't prepare any pull lists, and I didn't stock any items in Hanks. I treated my run just like I woke up from a coma and found out there was already a zombie apocalypse for months now, and I have to get things as you go on the fly. Certainly brought up not-so-fond memories of when I was a no-skilled hardcore ascender. I love the challenge of being on a zombie budget core, just pulling as you go or as the need arises. Who would have thought that the oversized fish scaler was a brilliant pull? Keep up the good work. I don't even know what the oversized fish scaler does. See, this is what's interesting about all of these things, is that we put out, we build a sandbox for you, and then we see what you do with all of the toys that we've given you for years now. It apparently allows familiar to scale fish. I, I think, think maybe it lets them do damage, mm. too. I think it's totally rad that these weird little synchronicities show up. Yeah. And I think it's highly amusing that people think we planned them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Doglord420 says, I've wanted this for a while, but I never suggested it because I think it's dumb. And I, but since you recently added some cosmetic <laughs> stuff to the mall, would you ever consider, or would you ever change the pictures of mall stores so they actually look like their shops in a mall? Right now, it's weird that you go into the mall and each store is represented by a giant log or a frat house. You could draw kiosks and window displays and stuff for us to choose from. The trouble is that all mall stores look the same. Mm. And, you know, you really need, like, you need... The, the sign, you need the logo of it, and that's not a thing that's going to show up right in the image. You could let yeah. everybody draw their own logo in a little drawing program that we can code up. Uh, Pereira said, could you please adjust the quest log and trapper dialogue to tell us how many cheese slash ores we need and which type of ore we need? Ah, god damn it. Yes, fine. Use the tracker! Yes, I know it's in the quest tracker, he edits. So use it. Jowlin says, it's pretty clear you're working on at least one compatible item of the month for every challenge path. This time it's the gnome. The problem with the gnome is that it's the only fairy on the path. It's not that I don't it's not that I don't mind this, but have you ever thought of making the path item of the month available during the entire time the path is open? My worry here is that if you don't have the gnome, the zombie path doesn't look fun, just painful. See, I don't think this is why I'm not listening to your opinion, uh, Jowlin, because like I played it without a fairy, and it wasn't painful. It was fun, right? You're yeah. saying that because we took this thing away from you that you're accustomed to having, that it's impossible for you to play without giving us money, and fucking no, it's not. You just don't get item drops quite as fast as you wanted to before. Right? And, like, for the most part, all of the quest revamps that I've done have been geared towards making sure that you don't get screwed over by not having the crazy high item drops that are available in the normal game now. And it, like, 
it's it's not that I don't think that people's complaints about this thing are real because they obviously are real. It's just that I am kind of mystified by them, and I I, I wish. I wish that asking people to explain would result in me actually understanding it, but it's it's kind of not. Huh. Like the notion, like the notion that playing uh, the path without a fairy is somehow totally not fun, and playing it with a fairy available is totally acceptable, and that we're punishing you for not giving us money by making it so the only fairy that you can get is the one that you have to give us money for. I just I don't get it. Like, you're used to being able to use a fairy in a run. I get that. But you know what? You're also used to being able to eat things that aren't fucking brains. So, like, why... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 need to not, I need to not be all angsty about this. I need, I need professional detachment. Um, well, it's the kind of accusation that hits us where we live. For sure. Because we, we're we not really in the business of just making as much money as we can by being jerks. So yeah. that that's what it kind of sounds like when somebody's saying that. And yeah, that, that wasn't really the idea. It was, so if you're already doing this run and you want to go a little bit faster, then you can grab this thing. But it's, we didn't design the run like, this will absolutely fucking punish people unless they give us $10. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Felony says slash count command to count the items in your closet the way count works for inventory. Add maybe decount for display case too. Eh, ask CD Moyer someday. One says Kodrick, what's your favorite storyline in the game? Ah, boy, I don't know. The what's your favorite storyline in the game, Mr. Skullhead? Certainly the level 11 quest. Yeah. Yep, that's good stuff. Uh, I like, Actually, um, if we're going to go... Like item of the month stuff too. The Crimbo Elves on the Moons. Yeah, is my favorite storyline that I've come up with. I like the scope of the Agua de Vida stuff. Mm. Um, two. What's your favorite storyline? It's not currently in the game, but was at one time or will be in uh, two weeks. Uh, I can't tell you. It would be a spoiler. Three. There's been a recent discussion about how to balance hardcore zombie versus softcore zombie, and I'm curious how you feel about people who play one difficulty because it is optimal for setting up the other difficulty runs. Personally, I think it's demoralizing to the hardcore players when the optimal way to play hardcore is to do a few softcore lead-ins first. I know, but if we didn't get it exactly fucking balanced, there would be just as many people who felt it would be demoralizing to softcore players that the optimal way to play is to do a bunch of hardcore runs before you do your softcore run. So there is literally no way for us to solve this problem, right? It is just a question of, who are we pissing off? And any change is going to piss off somebody and result in a bunch of shit in our ears. And so I think I might just leave it the way that it is. That's that's what I think. You know, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry if we don't get every path perfect where a hardcore run takes exactly twice as long as a softcore run for everybody, no, mat- no matter what their level of, of skill is. But I don't, I'm not actually sorry because I think that's impossible. And I think maybe... I think that maybe we just call it quits on this style of challenge path where you get another skill for every run that you've done and we try to figure out another way to keep it interesting across a season than this just progressive build-up thing. Um, You know, but I don't know because a lot of what makes this game fun is the character progression and so you know, getting getting to the point where it's like 
we can't do that in microcosm without people getting all tetchy. Four, in the 802 radio show, you talked about how the shore was a huge turn tax and that you didn't like it. I understand it's annoying to have to do, but as a new player, especially when I did my bad moon runs, I found the score the shore incredibly useful as a turn sink for when I got beaten up. This had the dual function of generally spacing out my shore trips so as to guarantee me all the tower items and also curing my beaten up status. I understand the players with crap tons of skills hate this turn tax, but newer players, if properly informed as to its strategic use, can probably get a lot of mileage out of the shore. Have you considered billing it as the shore is a great place to recover if you get beaten up or something? The guild guy who gives you the meat card quest could say this. I mean, it's expensive. Although, did we get rid of the meat cost? Huh. That I don't know. I when can... I had to shore during this run, I didn't remember seeing it costing any meat. But I might have just—I might just be imagining that. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought of that actually, because you'd get the meat but get some subs. I mean, what I don't like is when you get when you spend three turns and you get a barbed wire fence. That is what I don't like. Right. Like I think that is extremely poorly balanced relative to everything else in the game and i mean maybe it could go so maybe it could just be like ah you get the scaling stack gains and the barbed wire fence Hmm. right if if the things that right now are not worth getting out of there were something that you got in addition to the stats would it make a difference if it was two adventures instead of three no i don't think so okay i mean and a barbed wire fence isn't even worth one adventure yeah um, Geekface says Zombie Slayer is getting me psyched up for the new Walking Dead season coming up in the fall what was the zombie TV show slash movie slash game that was the biggest inspiration for the new path and this should have been the Thursday questions thread and we should have done another one for Monday because these are all questions for Riff Ricky Tony Rex says hello Jim Mr. Skull can you create fun reinterpretations of the game as I'm really enjoying the zombie challenge path you mentioned on a previous show that the path was originally conceived as an item of the month what was the item going to be and how far into the planning process did you get before you decided it was better as a path thanks Riggs I mean, I think I had an inkling that I felt like it would be better as a path. Was that what ended Fairly... up being the vampire fangs? Yes. Yeah, because that was last October, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had, yeah. So you set every you set everybody the task of coming up with some skills that a zombie would have. Yeah, and then they were just all awesome. Yeah. Well, and especially Riff had this idea that the, the, thing, mechanic, yeah, yeah. the thing that makes a zombie scary is that there are always a ton of them. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it got to the point where we wanted to do it right. And, and it's like, it was the same conversation that we always ended up in when we talk about Batman or when we talk about super spoiler thing that's like a really exciting plan for the future that we just can't fucking get going on. Um, is that if this was an item of the month that somehow like dropped things that turned you into a zombie or whatever, it's like what we wanted was for you to be a zombie and the zombie was like a new class. Right. And then the more we thought about it, the more it was just like, well, fuck this, this would make so much more sense as a path because a path is not something that you can just go in and out of from day to day. Right. And like, what is this even going to be? Is it going to be a tome of pill that turns you into a zombie summoning? Is it going to be like a familiar that bites you and turns you into a zombie or gives you, you know, a drop of zombie blood that you can use. That's a potion that turns you into a zombie for 30 turns. And like how it's just, it's not as cool if it's something like bird form or whatever. Like it's cool if it's like a big epic thing where you are this thing. And so that's, that's why it just was like, ah, this is just so much better as a challenge path. Right. That's good. 
I think it's so, rad. I mean, that really, what I thought was, if we're going to do something that's this much work, it ought to at least be something that we don't make any money off of. Yeah, there, there's our money grubbing sensibility at work. Yeah. So, I'm impressed that that we actually, or that Riff like, brought it to fruition. Because usually, when we do something like that, we go, "Well, we should save that for later," and then you know, later never comes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's yeah. these fucking real deadlines. Yeah. You know, we never, we never don't do a crimbo idea that we have. Right. All right. So. Yeah, speaking of which, it's going to be time for our annual pool party one of these days. Although we didn't do it last year. No, and then you kind of made the whole crimbo, and I was like, damn, I guess you're just fine at doing this. I don't know why you keep me around. <laughs> um, for the sake of my uh, feeling like I contribute to the company, we need to have our our talk and figure something out. Yeah, we will. I mean, you know, your contribution for that period of time is getting the content familiar done by December 1st. Right. Damn it. Um, HKC says, on the Thursday show, you talked a bit about the struggles of developers working for a boss that routinely changes his mind. My first thought was, have these guys tried Agile? So, have you? Generally, I'm not a big fan of Agile programming, but in your particular situation, I could see it being helpful. The main thing but being that design decisions will provoke a mind-changing event or likely to be discovered sooner, thus reducing the amount of related work that has to be redone or tossed out. The, the problem is that our, our development is not just programming, right? Like, it, it, it's, it, we don't have a spec. The spec is like, you're going to be a zombie, so let's come up with a bunch of shit for zombies to do. Yeah. And so the, the, the development process, the process of developing KOL, is not like, it's not like making an application. The application already exists. It is making an experience. And an experience is not a thing that you can be like, all right, well, we've got the most recent build of this experience, and we need to test it and then see what we need to iterate on for the next rush or scrum or whatever. I don't like every time I look at any programming methodology, I think this seems like the kind of methodology that is proposed by the kind of person that talks about computer stuff operating under the assumption of like infinite hardware. Uh-huh. Like it, you know, it's like ah this this is awesome. We're using goddamned fucking pivotal tracker for working on the new on the word game and that has an agenda as far as how it thinks you should work and it is fucking horrible and i hate it like i don't i I don't know that there is like i get really overwhelmed by infinitely increasing to-do lists and it seems like almost everything, almost everything that you have that is a tool for like managing a bunch of shit that a bunch of people have to do results in a bunch of infinitely increasing to-do lists that just get ignored by everybody. I mean, part of it is that we don't have any repercussions for ignoring stuff that we say we're going to do. Right. Right. Which, uh, you know, I don't want to be the kind of, I don't want to be the kind of shop that's like, all right, you finish this writing by the end of the week or you're fired. Uh, you know, but the, the, the downside of that is that often shit doesn't get done. Yeah. I think right. if more frequently you just said, finish this writing by the end of the week. Yeah. I think it would happen. Uh, there doesn't have to be a, or you're fired. Just having that specific, like, I don't think there's been a time, except for the content familiars, when you've said, this needs to be done by X amount of time and I haven't pulled it off. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess that's the problem, though, right? Is that I know that the way that I work is that telling myself, if I had said the level nine revamp, the level eight revamp, the McLarge huge revamp had to be done by the end of the month that I started it and I stuck to that, it would have rolled without the snowboard trick generator. Hmm. Right? Because that was a thing that did not come to me until a year later. And it sucks that that project took a year. What especially sucked about that project taking a year was that people knew it was coming and it took a year. Yeah. Um, but creative work is better if you let it do itself. Right? Yeah. But that's not a good way to run a business. And so we struggle. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing, though. I'm not trying to run a business. I'm trying to make video games. Right? And so it's, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's stressful, and I wouldn't recommend it, but I also wouldn't recommend anything else. So your managerial style is the democracy yeah, it's, <laughs> of the world? Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, Agile. You know, we definitely don't do anything like Waterfall, which I think is what Agile was a response to. I forget how Agile development actually works. Uh, let me look it up on Wikipedia real quick. I think that's the one with the sprint. You do everything in sprints. Hmm. Uh, okay, accelerate, delivery. Uh, yeah, um, Actually, if only there was a way to describe this in, like, a sentence. Requirements and solutions evolve through collaboration between self-organizing cross-functional teams. Okay, so that's another thing. We are a really small shop, and so it doesn't really make any sense for anyone to do anything independently. Yeah. You know, like, and if this were, like, a real application that was running on a real software platform as opposed to just, like, scripting languages on top of, like, ad hoc things that were done in a way that just made them work like Apache and stuff you know then it would be one thing like we would have to have we would have to have methodologies where I was like alright well uh, Chris I need you to make this thing and make sure that it has these methods that I can call and make sure that it doesn't you know that it's like a self-contained object that doesn't step on the, the namespace of anything else that we're doing or whatever but like if we tried to write KOL in an object oriented PHP it would not run because the hardware requirements would have been higher than I could afford when we started doing this. Like, we could probably rewrite the whole thing now using the proper methods, but, like, when you have to do things in a production environment, you can't, you can't use best practices because they don't work. And so any... Like, I'm, I'm resistant to, like, subscribe to any development methodology because, like... Every development, you know, what is it like? No, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Uh-huh. Is that that phrase? And no development methodology survives first contact with a production environment where there are suddenly five hundred people at a time that want to play a video game and they can't because something isn't working right. So you're like, oh well, shit. It is more important that these people be having fun right now than our abstraction layers to be robust. Anyway, Fluxdog says, The new Softini reminded me of a question I never asked. Why are the six martini drinks you can make using Siphon Spirits not affected by a tuxedo shirt? Balance, flavor, or oversight? Uh, oversight. Also, have you ever eaten a Whopper and a Milk Dud at the same time? Uh, that Whopper candy, not a Burger King hamburger. Yeah. He, he bothers to specify. Uh, I have not. I don't eat Milk Duds. 
Oh, really? Yeah. My girlfriend finally got her tooth fixed, so now she can eat milk duds. And so every once in a while, she eats a milk dud, and she's like, I'm eating a milk dud, and it rules. Yeah, I never liked having to pry them out of my teeth. Oh, I love it. Uh, I fucking love it when my teeth get stuck together, and I love it when things are, like, really hard to chew. See, I will occasionally get pain from sweet stuff now. Mm. And it's generally that's going to happen if it's something that's super sweet and is also jammed into my molar. So milk duds are pretty much just an instrument to bring about that pain. I, I will admit to sometimes eating a handful of milk duds and then uh, just chewing on them for a really long time and then eventually spitting out the caramel instead of trying to actually chew it to the point where I can swallow <laughs> it. Uh, which is pretty gross. Uh, but, but you know, sometimes sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah. What I do now, uh, every once in a while I'll get a, some milk duds. And I, and, I, and I forget where I learned this, but the notion of just sucking on a milk dud until it goes away. Hmm. Like eating a milk dud like you would eat a, you know, like you would eat a, I don't know, what's something you suck on until it goes away? An erection. Yes. Uh, Mr. Cyborg says, in a radio show from last year, you guys have talked about how the player character has no retained knowledge from previous ascensions. That made me realize that the new challenge path totally changes that. Specifically, when you visit the Bounty Hunter Hunter, yes, I know, you only accept Filthy Lucre and the Bugbear Bakery. Seriously? Still? Was this a conscious decision, or did it just happen for the sake of a joke? I thought the Bugbear Bakery was especially hilarious, by the way. I love the idea that even though he's a zombie, he's still totally speciesist. Um, I think it has more to do with the fact that you did not... You weren't actually reborn. You were unborn. And you start out with the knowledge that your previous incarnation existed because you start out by seeing your tombstone. Right. So it is. it, it doesn't narratively violate a thing that was probably not actually that important to us to begin with, uh, but that we had maintained consistency on. Chilled says, yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Give us the option to remove stuff on the quest tracker for the rest of a run. I, too, keep heading into Pandemonium and having the quest lodge there like gum in someone's hair. And now a question, uh, which I implore you to read not as an accusation. How much deliberation went into the fact that the only ferry, uh, ferry available in this challenge path is the item of the month in the opening month of the path? Literally zero. I am being 100% honest when I say that it never occurred to any of us, either employees of Asymmetric or the dev team that anybody would be upset by this. The react, the reaction that you know, the handful of people reacting to it poorly and, and vocally was one hundred percent a surprise. Because to us, this felt absolutely in line with the pattern that we've established with items of the month and challenge paths. So, you know, the one thing that we were going to try was for next month's item of the month to also be a thing that was optimal for this challenge path. But I don't know that I feel like that's a good idea anymore uh -huh. um, and I'm curious as to how people would react to it you know something something uh, gear like akin to Boris's helm um, but yeah now, I, now I'm not so sure we should make plan. it something that you can only pull if you're in a Boris run oh yeah that's a good idea uh, Orbrisa says, could food be broken into two categories for people in zombie slayer runs brains and not brains the inedible stuff creates a bit of clutter uh, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Loving the new path. Uh, you know, I agree, actually, uh, that that sort uh, category would be pretty useful. If that isn't super hard to do, which I don't think that it should be, then I'm totally in favor of it, uh, especially because the brains are not alphabetically adjacent. And sometimes, 
sometimes we will try, sometimes we will change the way that something is referred to to make it so a group of like items are alphabetically adjacent because we feel your pain about inventory clutter. Uh, but in this case, even in a hardcore run, it's just like, ah, God damn it. It was easier before they had images uh, because I could just look for, and my eyes are already accustomed to like scanning a cluttered inventory for things with the no pick uh-huh. uh, image. But yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, one says Lightwolf, how do developers balance tweaking new content after it's been released versus deciding that enough people have experienced the current mechanic that it would piss people off if it changed now? Are there certain types of content that are more susceptible to this than others? Uh, two, are there still tweaks you're considering to the zombie path, either from ideas you didn't have enough time to implement or from post-release feedback? No, there wasn't really anything that got triaged out of existence before the path went out. We usually do a pretty good job with challenge paths of defining the scope far enough ahead of time because it is critical that dev get some time to test it in a more or less finished state, right, so that we can identify the really painful parts that arise as a result of us just not being able to predict how the thing is going to play. Um, as far as tweaking new content after it's been released, I mean, eh, the only things that are, like, really rough from my point of view are things that would make like I would love to if I could get away with it I would in a heartbeat make it so free runaways no longer increment the counters for the number of turns that you've spent in a zone because that makes those it makes those things way too powerful and it 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 just doesn't really it doesn't really make any sense I, I mean I guess you could argue that it does make some sense narratively but it it makes it very, very difficult to design content, but because so many donation items have been purchased by dudes because they give free runaways, like, it, I don't think that we could get away with making that change. And, you know, because it's akin to the fix that we did when it, there were things where a choice adventure that you could exit without taking a turn would increment the turns that you spent in the zone. We were like, ah, fuck, that's obviously a bug, and fixed it. But, we didn't realize that that's how free runaways interacted with it or we would have fixed it to begin with. But now I feel like we kind of can't because it's too entrenched and we would be removing value from stuff that people paid money for, which is kind of a no, no. We can um, always offer another item that was immune to that change. Oh uh, yeah. For That'd another 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for every person that would be sad that we make it so an old item of the month is not something that is really valuable anymore, I think there'd be a lot of people who understood and there'd be some people who were happy that this wasn't a thing that was now... You know, like if we just made it so free runaways were no longer super ascension relevant, hmm. that would make it so you didn't have that barrier to entry to, you know, for somebody trying to get into the, get into the speed game. But who knows? You know, there's no telling... There's no telling what that actually does to the way that people feel about it across a population. Uh, so here's our conversation. It says top 1214 spread out over a week. I didn't think I would like the level 8 revamp coming from the speedster perspective where the old quest was around a dozen turns. I have thoroughly enjoyed all the previous revamps and I thought this quest already made a lot of sense previously. The sideways nerf to armor crafting and super, meat, uh, super advanced meatsmith thing is a little harsh. Hippo skins are the only thing speedsters usually want. There's almost no ascension relevance to those two skills anymore. Uh, I mean, I think that's okay. Like, I, it would be nice if there were reasons to use super advanced meat smithing in run, but it would have been nice if there were reasons other than just the hippo whip for the last seven years. 
um, and their habits. As for expansive fantasy slash sci-fi worlds, I would recommend Roger Zelazny's first Chronicle of Amber. He was dying during the second Chronicle here. I would also recommend almost any series by C.J. Cherry. Foreigner is probably her best and her most well-known, but I stopped reading it after three trilogies. Foreigner. Uh, have you ever read any Zelazny or Cherry? I haven't heard of Cherry. I've read some Zelazny, but not the Amber stuff. And what I read was pretty mind-boggling. Mind-blowing. Blow-boggling. Clingy Bun Fistlevase says, Any chance of new Tiny Plastic series anytime soon? It seems that the Kingdom has had an influx of new characters since Series 2 released. I only ask because I really want a Tiny Plastic Groar and or Corman. Thanks. Yeah, we could do that. It has definitely been long enough. In Pandemonium, says Cliff, why does the Stranger reward you with a tutu and Morn give you the lollipop? Wouldn't it have been more appropriate or inappropriate if the Stranger gave you the lollipop? Please fix, thanks. Boy, that's a reach. Nothing funnier than child molestation jokes. Well, yeah, as a general rule, sure, but, uh, yeah. I think in this case, that's quite that's kind of a reach. You're reaching, yeah. for, those, reaching for those children. Hey, I think it's time to go to uh, Lycra Shampoo's birthday dinner party extravaganza. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet you wish you were here so you could go to... What's that restaurant that you guys all like? Uh, Orange Table? Liberty, Liberty Market? Oh, Liberty Market. Yeah, dude. I'm going yeah. to some Liberty Market this very evening. Ah! Uh, something bad just happened to my chair. Everybody really likes Liberty Market, and I go there, and I'm like, yeah, you know, this is not a bad restaurant, but... Maybe I just haven't... I haven't found the thing that everybody else found that they really, really like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it. I hear that there's a new restaurant that uh, Aaron's going to take us to when we're out there again. So I'll report back on another restaurant that you can be unimpressed with. Okay. All right, so, uh, yeah, drive carefully. Walk carefully. Thanks, buddy. Things seem to have happened just then. Um, yeah, we'll see everybody next week. Next week. Bye, everybody.